Chapter 23 Migs's Punishment In P's chamber, two pudgy hands removed the princess's jeweled tiara from its place on the dressing table. The tiara's diamonds glittered as it was raised into the air and carried across the room. Your crown, ma'am, said Migrisau. I don't want it today, said P. She sat by the window, staring out endlessly at her mother's grave. But it's beautiful, ma'am, Migs said, stroking the diamonds. The jewels shone brilliantly especially when held next to Miggs's dreary uniform. I know, said P, but I don't want it. But you look so pretty in it, ma'am, like a princess. I know, said P, casting Mig an exasperated look. I am the princess. Oh, I know, ma'am, said Mig, placing the tiara upon P's head. But such a fine princess with the little pretty glittery. I don't want it, all right, Mig? P snapped, backing away. Miggery Sow's puffy cheeks reddened. Very well, ma'am. Please, take it away, P commanded. Mig turned and carried the tiara back to P's dressing table. <laughs> she grunted. If she was the pretty princess, she would wear the little glittery tiara, Mig thought. She would wear it every day, even to bed. Mig set the tiara down and then she did something sneaky. She slid open the dressing table's drawer. Inside, P's jeweled comb sparkled with light. The comb was shiny, pretty and it was swiftly moved from the drawer of P's dressing table to the pocket of Mig's drab housecoat. As you might expect, the room of a servant girl is very different from the room of a princess's. Mig's room was smaller than P's closet, and it didn't have a fancy bed, but sometimes one's imagination can do amazing things. The servant girl sat alone in front of a cracked mirror and combed her greasy hair. Princess? Who's the princess? I'm a princess, said Mig, and then trying it another way. I'm the princess. She set P's jeweled comb down upon her vanity, which was nothing more than an old box. But to Mig, it was the princess's dressing table. And every day, it did begin to look more and more like it, adorned as it was with many items swiped from the princess's chambers. My comb, my hat, my gloves, my shoes, my pretty powder on my pretty princess face. Mig looked up into the mirror again to suddenly see a pinched and sour face reflected next to her own. And what do you think you're doing? Louise said, scowling behind her. Mig spun round to face the head maid. Where'd you get all this? Louise asked. I just borrowed it, ma'am, said Mig. Borrowed it? I was going to put them all back. See that you do, said Louise, snatching P's tiara. And you can spend the whole week taking slop down to the dungeon for your little escapades. Louise turned on her heel and stormed out of the servant girl's room. Her last word echoed in the hallway long enough for even Mig to hear. Princess, she scoffed. Chapter 24, The Rat's Quest Miggery Sow creaked open the dungeon door. A horrendous stench greeted her, but Mig's sense of smell was as bad as her hearing, and after living with the pigs, she'd developed a formidable tolerance for stink. Mig carefully carried a tray of food down the steep staircase. The stairway was darker than dark, too dark to see if she was holding the tray upright, too dark to see anything. The tray, the steps, or even the pig nose in front of her face. Gaw, Mig said. She's the princess, and now I have to carry sloppy, gloppy, stinky stew down in the damp, dark, dingy. She blinked in the dark. A person could get lost forever, Dan. Mig stopped. She was lost. Gregory the jailer sat in his small circle of light. He looked up at the tray of gruel as it headed towards him with Mig behind it. Din, din, called Mig. Slop, Gregory corrected her. Miggery stopped. No, don't stop, Grigory said. I said slop. 
He waved the girl over and she brought him his meal. How am I supposed to eat this, Will? He demanded. He looked at the bowl in disgust and flung it away. Go stop that, Mig yelled. I don't have to be putting up with all this. I served the princess. <laughs> right, said Gregory. You served the princess. That's a bit of a laugh, isn't it? I do, Mig insisted. I bring her a tea and... Well, I don't want to hear it, Gregory said, cutting her off. I had my own little princess once and now I don't. Go, you had a princess? Yeah, Gregory answered wistfully. Every dad's got a princess. Till he stops being a dad, of course. Gregory turned from her and looked into the shadows. Oh, said Mig. Well, I got a real one, and she got a tiara and fancy robes and shiny bits all over every frock in her closet, and I get to see her every single day. Now, at this point, Gregory was well past listening to Meg. He was lost in his own thoughts of regret and longing, but there was someone else who was listening very closely. In the shadows, Roscuro listened to Mig's every word. When Roscuro returned to Despero in the hiding place, he was a different rat. He was a rat with a quest. What kind of quest? Despero asked him. To right a terrible wrong, said Roscuro, standing in the shaft of light. The rat seemed taller and more powerful. But who did you wrong? Despero asked. Roscuro looked back at him, took a deep breath, and then glanced up at the light. And after a moment, he motioned the mouse to come over. All right, Roscuro whispered. Do you know how they banished the rats? Sure, yeah, said Despero. Well, it wasn't all rats that they were mad at. It was because of one rat in particular. Roscuro stared straight at Despero, but didn't say a word. After a moment, Despero got it. You? he whispered. Mm-hmm, Roscuro said, nodding. If, if I could just tell her that I'm sorry, that I'm, you know, I'm really sorry, and that I didn't mean for any of this to happen, if she could just hear me say it, you know, hear my voice, she'd know how much I meant it. The mouse nodded and placed a small paw on his friend's shoulder. That's a very noble quest indeed, Despero said solemnly. So in a chink of a dungeon wall, under a precious light, a rat and a mouse planned a quest. It was fortunate for them that Migri Sow still could not see when she returned up the dark staircase. It was good luck indeed that she couldn't see the steps or the pig nose in front of her face, or most especially the tray of slop, because on the tray, barely hidden under a napkin, a rat face peeked out of the shadows. Chapter 25. A Crooked Heart Princess P was in her usual place by the window, staring out over the bleak, grey landscape when she heard a voice. Your, your Highness? the rat asked. He stood behind a bottle of perfume on a dressing table. P turned towards the sound. <coughs> your Highness? Roscura tried again. In honour of the occasion, the rat had borrowed a spoon from the tray and wore it on his head, like a knight's helmet. He bowed with a long, sweeping gesture. Is that you, my little mouse? Pete asked, moving towards the voice. Roscuro winced. I'm, I'm not a mouse, he said. I'm a... I'm a... Oh, I forgot, said Pete, smiling. You're my little gentleman, aren't you? Have you come to tell me how the story ends? Did you finish your quest? Where are you? From behind the perfume bottle, Roscuro stood taller. I've come to apologise. You're noble, remember? You have nothing to be sorry about, she said, still searching. But I am, said Roscuro. I am sorry. The rat stepped out from behind the perfume bottle and bowed low to the Princess P. Slowly, gallantly, he raised his head to her. Oh, a rat! she screamed. No, no, said Roscuro alarmed. No, oh, no! Please, please, listen, Roscuro said. Oh, a rat! Someone, please, please, there's a rat! In my room! Help, help me, help me, please! 
Listen, listen, please. It's okay. It's all right. Please listen. Pete took a deep breath and then, oh! She screamed again and stumbled backward across the room. The princess seized the poker and swung it wildly at Roscuro. At the rat's size, the poker was terrifying. He scrambled out of the way as the gigantic iron rod whipped past his head, knocking perfume bottles off the dresser. The spoon fell off Roscuro's head as he fled from the princess's room. It's a rat! She screamed. Roscuro ran as fast as he could down the hallway, but the palace guards had heard Pete's screams and they were running faster. Their metal boots clanged on the stone floor as they chased after him. Roscuro darted out an open window and clung desperately to the ivy growing on the castle's walls. It was here that the rat made a terrible mistake. He looked down. It was a 500-foot drop to the moat below, and the sight of it made Roscuro's head spin. Above him, the guards were already approaching the window. Roscuro sped down the wall, swinging from vine to vine, but he couldn't help it. He looked at the moat once more and felt woozy all over again. He closed his eyes for a moment, and then Roscuro's worst fear was realised. He lost his grip. The rat was falling, rushing toward the moat at a dizzying speed. He reached for the wall, for anything to stop his fall. At the last second, Roscuro grabbed a piece of ivy just before he hit a windowsill, and the sill broke his fall hundreds of feet above in the air. Roscuro panted in front of a filthy pane of leaded glass. He tried to look inside, but it was opaque with years of grime. The rat climbed through the open window and hoped for the best. He landed in a cluttered broom closet of the servant's wing. Roscuro crawled over mops, rags and feather dusters. He finally found refuge beside a metal bucket and leaned against the side. Roscuro closed his eyes, exhaled and opened them again. A monstrous face glared at him. The startled rat flinched and then he realised he was looking at his own reflection. Rat, the queen had shrieked. Rat, the princess had screamed. What would you do if your own name was a bad word? If John or Beth or Bill was an insult? Well, that's how Roscuro came to feel about who he was. But this time, the rat didn't cry. This time, the rat stared at his reflection as if looking into a mirror. The face was mottled and distorted. And when Roscuro emerged from the closet, all that could be seen of him were two beady red eyes in the dark. When your heart breaks, it can grow back crooked. It can grow back twisted, gnarled and hard. The rat still had longing, but now he just longed for someone whose heart was as hardened as his. He scurried into the cluttered and windowless servant's wing. He glanced from side to side and darted along a wall stealthily, like the rat that he truly was. The rat was searching, searching for someone. Chapter 26. A Plan Miggery Sow sat at the homemade dressing table in her room. Pretty princess, said Mig. Pretty, pretty princess pie. Only there wasn't a princess in sight, and Pea's belongings were long gone. Mig looked straight ahead into a large wooden frame propped upon her table. She appeared to be gazing into a mirror, but it wasn't a mirror at all. What a pretty princess, said Mig, staring at the portrait of Princess Pea that hung in the hallway. My gloves, my comb, my pretty spritz of water, all fresh and ladylike. From a pipe in the corner, the rat watched the servant girl talking to herself. He watched her gaze at the stolen portrait of the princess as if it was her home reflection. He watched the girl believe. From the shadows, the rat saw all of this. My Julie girly hat all sitting on my princess head, Mig said. And with that, Mary Sow took a spoon and sliced the painting right down the centre of the canvas. Who's the pretty princess pumpkin pie? You are, said a voice. and The rat settled upon her shoulder. Right, said Mig. 
not noticing the rat at all. I am. Roscuro whispered into Mig's ear. You are. And you should be dressed in those clothes. Quite right, I should, she said. And you should lounge in that bed, Roscuro suggested. Lounging, Mig repeated, delighted by the word. Lounging round. Yeah, the whole day. And you should be wearing that crown. Mig cocked her head. I should be wearing a frown. No, Roscuro said, sighing. Not a frown, a crown. Cool, Mig cursed. Can't hear my own self think. Then she did think, for a moment at least. And she realised she hadn't been listening to her own inner voice at all, but to whatever was sitting on her shoulder. Ooh, screamed Miggery sound. Shh, said Roscuro. She screamed again. Roscuro put both paws to the girl's lips. Shh. Who are you? asked Mig. I'm here to help you, said Roscuro. By getting me caught with a real rat in me bunk, I don't think so, she said, and inhaled to scream again. Roscuro threw his whole rat body against her mouth. And what if they find you with a painting of the princess? asked Roscuro slyly. You think that's as bad as a rat? Mig paused. She thought as best she could, while Roscuro eased backward. I want the same thing that you do, he said. That night, Chef Andre sat alone in the spotless royal kitchen and played solitaire at his large table. Since the end of the days of soup, he'd become a master at the game. Andre was about to turn a card when he heard something. A thump from a distant corner, followed by a soft, oof. Someone was in his kitchen. Hello? he asked. The noise stopped. He picked up his candle and walked towards the sound. The outline of a lumpy person holding a familiar object emerged from the shadows. Ah! screamed Andre. Ah! the girl screamed. Ah! he screamed again. Ah! she screamed back. Holding his candlestick aloft with a shaking hand, Andre approached the trespasser. The light of his candle revealed a girl gripping a butcher's knife. She turned to him and smiled. What are you doing? Andre asked. Uh, Mig said. I need it for a baby. Andre looked horrified. Roscuro tucked within the collar of Mig's shirt, leaned forward. No, he hissed into the girl's useless ears. Not a baby. For milady. I mean, said Mig loudly, for milady. The chef nodded. Mig paused before saying more. To chop apples. She'd like some apples. Andre shrugged. Mig stared, frozen. Now turn and leave, Roscuro whispered. Now turn and leave, Mig told Andre. No, no, Roscuro said. Just turn and leave. All right, sorry, Mig said to her collar. Sorry, bye, I can't hear you because, see, see, I can't... Miggery Sow's cheeks reddened as she turned to leave, but not before she wrapped the butcher knife in her kitchen towel and thrust it into her bag. <laughs>